more bad news from in the world of blockchain. If you have been keeping an eye out, you might have heard a little bit about a, a company called Trail of Bits. Um, they recently were commissioned to do a report over the course of 2021 on blockchain, the technology, answering the question, is it centralized, right? What they found is that, yes, in many ways, it is. That's what I'm going to be focusing on today's episode of the BB&J podcast. I'm your host, John Lind, and this episode does get pretty technical, so um, I made sure to include uh, the actual report in the, the show notes, so you'll be able to go through give it a read if you you know want to learn a little bit more about this technology and the specific ways that they came to their conclusions and, and just get you know the real experts opinion right so uh, you know on, on that note let's get started so as I mentioned according to the official report um, quote over the past year year being 2021 uh, trail of bits was engaged by the defense advanced research projects agency darpa to investigate the extent to which blockchains are truly decentralized this agency or the, this organization found that uh, quote immutability can be broken not by exploiting cryptographic vulnerabilities but instead by subverting the properties of a blockchain's implementations, networking, and consensus protocol. We show that a subset of participants can garner excessive centralized control over the entire system. Now, there were several findings of this today, but I'm going to go over some of the four key ones. Uh, the first one is every widely used blockchain has a privileged set of entities that can modify the semantics of the blockchain to potentially change past transactions. What are these entities? Firstly, whoever's running that, you know, whatever blockchain, the, the given blockchain. So, you know, crypto, um, Ethereum, uh, Bitcoin, all that, they are often run on specific blockchains. You know, you hear the term blockchain, but there are specific ones that are made by specific people, right? This stuff has, you know, the, the theoretical terms, but they they have actual softwares that back it. Um, and the creators of those softwares usually have a way to change it, right? So because especially early on when they're developing it, they need to be able to go in and do that for testing, right? But those those issues still, those vulnerabilities still exist. The creator of many of these blockchain softwares can go in and change you know, the, the supposed immutable data. The other thing is a lot of times this information is being run through networks, right? Gov so it'll be run through governments. It'll be run through internet service providers, right? And they can potentially change it as it goes through them. Now, the biggest issue with this is the, that the number of entities sufficient to disrupt the, these blockchains is very low, like uh, astonishingly low. Um, for Bitcoin specifically, it four four specific entities could just completely disrupt Bitcoin, potentially crash that specific market, and a lot of people would be out a lot of money, right? A lot of uh, Bitcoin investors. For Ethereum, it's two, you know, and 
these are two, I think, of the, the best known, most popular uh, cryptocurrencies, but there's tons of others that have a wide variety of, you know, um, how many people or how many entities does it take to disrupt this network? Two is very low. Four is very low. They, this, these, these, are, these are genuinely dangerous numbers. All it takes is, you know, a one or two coordinated attacks to really rip through this system. The third thing, the third finding was uh, Bitcoin traffic is unencrypted. Any third party on the network route between nodes, uh, ergo ISPs, Wi-Fi access point operators or governments can observe and choose to drop any messages they wish. That's what I was talking about before, right? That issue of a few of these organizations can do some major damage. The, the last thing is a dense, possibly non-scale-free sub-network of Bitcoin nodes appears to be largely responsible for reaching consensus and communicating with miners. The vast majority of nodes do not meaningfully contribute to the health of the network. So this, is, this gets pretty technical, but I, I want you to think of it like a spider web, right? So a good spider web, all of the, the you think of the little nodes of like the little strands of web, they're all connected to each other and form like a netting so that anything that goes through gets caught, right? The same principle applies to a healthy network. You, uh, you want things to be able to move around quickly and reach consensus. And what they do is they, they is a scale-free networks. So that is a certain concept where priority of new nodes coming in is to get as close to uh, these, these hubs as they possibly can. By doing so, you have a lot more communication, right? You have a lot more things being caught. And ultimately, you have a lot safer of a system. The issue is with a lot of these blockchains, you have, you, you know, you think of like the, the dense spiderweb versus um, like a very sparse spiderweb. So it's big. There's a lot of strands kind of going off and the clustering is a lot weaker. So the ability for the nodes of a network or a subnetwork to communicate are very much more limited to these localized clusters compared to a big old, you know, interwoven web where a lot of things are communicating with each other a lot, right? You have something coming all the way over here to there, it's gonna take a lot longer than these little hubs. So the issue with these subnetworks is they become incredibly, they, they become a central target, right? They become a place where most of the decisions are being made or, or the, these consensus. So if something's wrong with that, it doesn't matter all of these scattered you know, nodes um, distant on the network, they're, they're largely unaffected because or they, they, can't, they can only do so much because of these issues with subnetworks. Um, so like I said, I know that this is very technical. And if you do want to learn more about it, I would absolutely suggest checking out the link um, in the show notes, as I mentioned. But other than that, I'd like to thank you so much for listening and or watching. Make sure to like and subscribe, and I will see you next week.